Don't Wreck Yourself features words and situations that are not appropriate for young listeners. This show is only for adults and unsupervised juvenile delinquents of exquisite taste and refinement. Each week, Matt and Ryan look into claims they find online, answer your questions, and say bad words! Now your way is the only way, and my way is the only way to Fill the space between a hard place and a rock is all we do but we'll entertain the conversation that leads us to the truth. What do we know? What trips to telephones that are no different to you? Welcome to Don't Wreck Yourself, a podcast about getting things right. My name's Ryan Placetti, and my number one passion after binge watching reality TV with my wife is disentangling you from the internet's bullshit. And I'm Matt Saintsing, here to guide you through that disentanglement and to provide Ryan some much-needed oversight. Thank you, Matt. That's very kind of you. I I, I wouldn't say that, but um, but it is accurate. <laughs> <laughs> it is it is what we are doing. Yeah, yeah. Just to give you a little behind the scenes. Uh, generally speaking, Matt is the more faithful researcher. Oh well, I appreciate that. Thank you. He has no idea how many of these episodes I come into with absolutely zero notes. Man, I feel like I underpromise and overdeliver. I think is what I'm trying to do here. I feel like you deliver every single time, Matt. Oh, so don't l- question likewise. yourself. No, likewise. I think you are. You know, you you keep me alive. You keep you keep me afloat, Matt. I'm your number one fan. Oh, uh, well, my mom will be very upset to hear she's bumped to number two, but I think she'll live. No, I did not tell my mom about this at all. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll slip her a note and tell her you're doing great things. I won't say why or how. She would appreciate that. Maybe I'll call her from like a, from a payphone somewhere with a with one of those voice alterers. When's when's the last time I'm going to deep throat your mom uh, is what oh, I'm saying. Oh, I don't think that doesn't sound wholesome. I don't think she would appreciate that. Matt's doing a great job on the Internet. I, I bet I can add some voice effects to that, too. Yep, no need, my friend. No need. You, you, you got it already. You got the three packs a day voice. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I I think we're ready to just jump right into this. <laughs> that brings us to our, our first Reddit question. And the user don't got Reddit asked, why do so many Americans believe you need their consent to photograph and videotape them in public. Oh, we both smacked our lips at the exact same moment because we're like, we're ready for this one. But I will. No, I, 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 yeah, I'm going to yield the floor. No, you. Oh, oh, no, you. I, oh, I, I, don't oh, OK, tag, me. Don't tag yeah. me in your question. I'm tagging yeah, you exactly. in your question. <laughs> I mean, I'm just a kind of like a. I'm kind of drawn into these kind of questions that have to do with legality and ethics, especially in the public mm-hmm. s- public space, right? Um, but first, let me say, taking photos and videos of anything, including people that are plainly visible in and from public spaces, is your, mine, and everyone else's constitutional right, right? There is no, there's nothing that precludes you from videotaping anything or anyone as long as it's in public or view from a public space. Now, so go ahead. Quick, quick question. Just because I know that uh, a lot of times when somebody is going to be shown in a commercial production, there are usually release forms. 
Does that have to do with the profiting off of the image of somebody? Is that separate from just capturing somebody on a security camera? Videotaping someone or photographing them in public is free speech. That is protected speech. I think when you're talking about making money off someone's likeness, you know, legal questions arise, right? I, I would just check with a lawyer, right? Uh, I'm not a caveat. None of us are lawyers, nor will we ever be. No, that's too hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Look, I just want to keep it to the facts and also the yucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Your Honor, objection, that wasn't even fucking funny. <laughs> I'll allow it, I'll allow it. J judges on TV are always allowing shit for some reason. Yeah, and, and as far as capturing people on tape or on audio, there well, is... Well, audio's different. Let me stop you there. Yes and no. I, you do, I, no, no. I, I understand that there are differences, but let me finish my thought. Okay. I'm going right. to. God, God damn it. <laughs> that, that is protected speech as well. Oh, well, lovely. When, when you're talking about public, uh, public recordings, recordings made in a public space, there's this thing called reasonable expectation of privacy. If you have a reasonable expectation of privacy, then any recording of you could be legally challenged. For example, if I'm in my front yard and I'm changing into my workout outfit and you capture hot pics of me and then publish them on Us Weekly, because obviously in this scenario, you and I have become famous enough to appear in Us Weekly in their segment Just Like Us. I can only imagine. You won't have to imagine for long. This podcast is going to blow up. But if you're in your bedroom and say you forget to draw the curtains before you change and somebody takes a picture of you and posts it on Us Weekly, they're going to jail. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's a there's, also not a lawyer. Yeah. <laughs> well, exactly. You hit the nail on the head. This concept of an expectation of privacy is kind of like a legalese thing. The bottom line, the rule of thumb is if you are in public, you just don't have an expectation of privacy. That's a fundamental difference between public and private conversations. And I kind of do want to bring up the audio question first before we go into to actually answering this guy's question, which is why do Americans believe this? But your right to capture images in public does not necessarily extend to recording what people say. Many states have a wiretap law, uh, which precludes recording of private conversations, which private conversations can happen in public areas, I should say, uh, without the consent of all the parties of the conversation. So I live in Washington, D.C. It is a where we don't have this, right? Uh, if I'm in an Uber and my, my Uber driver is saying something wild and crazy and I this is hypothetical correct this also happened no I mean like this is based this is based on a true story as I say in the movies I was in an Uber one time and this is the craziest Uber I've ever been in another guy called him he put it on speakerphone and the caller was berating my driver for fucking his girlfriend I swear to god can we like true story can we cut in a segment of that audio to this episode man I don't know if I have it because I recorded it on snapchat and this was years ago. I think you might have posted it on Facebook because I've seen this video. I told people to check my Snapchat on Facebook. Oh. <laughs> is what I did. Try to hunt this video down because that I'll was find wild. It. I'll find it. I'll find it. <laughs> I'll find it. It was absolutely wild. And actually, someone, someone I know, someone who I'm not good friends with. So, of course, they try to criticize you, right? Uh, this person said, you shouldn't really be recording their conversation. And I was so quick to be like, actually, I'm a part of the conversation. And this is in Washington, D.C. Why don't you go fuck yourself? <laughs> I didn't say that. I, I left the last part out. Audio is different. Don't go around only recording people's conversations. With those wiretap laws, generally jurisdictions fall under one of two categories, either a single party consent state or a two party yep. consent state. That sometimes gets complicated when people are cro uh, we're crossing state lines, which is often the case with telecommunications. That's very true. I think legally speaking, and again, bing, 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 not a lawyer. 
Uh, never I'm, will I'm, be. I, yeah, never will be. I think when you when you're talking about crossing a border, that automatically gives it the federal j- jurisdiction. And I'm actually not sure if there's a uh, federal wiretapping laws that kind of I don't know if it's a one party or two party consent there. But we can look it up. Uh, we won't, but we can. Uh, we so could we have, have. We could have before this episode quite easily, and we chose not to. Actually, yeah, because um, we like to. I like to live life deep. Yeah, and we're talking about we're talking about video here. Uh, that is the topic of the question. So. Really, photo, video, anything we know about audio surveillance, which is very little. We're talking to you, the NSA. I mean, NSA CSS Fort Meade, not NSA CSS Fort Gordon or Shaft or Hawaii or there's one in San Antonio or Darmstadt, Germany, I want to say. Anyway, Uh, men on hill, not talking to those guys. Men with hill. Men with hill. Men with hill. Men Men with with hill. hill. Men at work. Men Men at work. We have hill. Because the question is specifically asking about video. Anything that we know about audio recording is complete bonus material. It is offered gratis, not covered under the umbrella of our podcast. Anyway, why do Americans think that they need consent? Ryan, why do you think that? Uh, I think it's because the police keep telling people to stop filming them. Well, I think (laughs) that absolutely has something to do with it. I think it kind of comes down to a perfect storm of civil liberty violations, if you will, and fuck uppery. Um, It's really happened since 9-11. Americans, by and large, were ready to make the trade of trading their liberty for a false sense of security, I would say. Yeah, the way the and there are definite differences between what the government can do in terms of surveilling us. And what private citizens can do in terms of surveilling us. I I think a lot of people get confused about who the Constitution applies to. Exactly. No, you hit the nail on the head. It is the Bill of Rights, right? The Constitution. It is not a list of rules of what we can do to each other. It is a list of rights that the government can't fuck with, essentially. Again, not a lawyer. (laughs) I believe that is the legal term. Uh, Constitutionally speaking, you know, they can't the man can't fuck with you. Right. That's absolutely correct. (laughs) I think where that gets interesting, though, is when you start talking about like sovereign citizens. And I hate that shit. (laughs) It's so annoying. It's so annoying. (laughs) You live in libertarian make believe land. You're a child, you fucking idiot. Also, I've never seen it hold up. I've never seen it work. I've never seen it work. I'll tell you what. I love those Border Patrol videos, though. (laughs) Because in some cases, like, and this is this is where I think there's a divide for me. In some cases, I think that shit is hilarious because they are absolutely right. There is no reason for Border Patrol to have checkpoints 30 miles inside of our borders looking for fruit and vegetables. That is immigration. Well, first of all, nothing grows within 30 miles of the U.S.-Mexican border. So what the fuck? You're like, oh, like, <laughs> like talking about agricultural stuff. Well, I guess stuff grow, but stuff that the government doesn't want you to. Right. And so they 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 enact these policies and these little checkpoints as a means of fucking with you. Well, yeah. Curtailing, uh, curtailing your actual freedoms using things that are technically within the letter of the law in order to violate your Fourth Amendment. And guess what? Uh, civil rights apply to everyone, not, not, just just admi- not just American citizens. People who are here illegally or who are in an undocumented status absolutely are protected under the Constitution of the United States. And we know that because we know nothing about audio surveillance and what constitutes uh, an American person. Uh, also, 
tourists, right? Anyone within the fucking borders of U.S. is protected by the Constitution. Yeah. Right. Like you don't need to be, even if you're undocumented and live here, you don't have to live here. You could just be taking pictures of Trump Tower. Yeah, if you're, you know, if you just graduated from your German Polytechnical Institute and you decide to take a, a vacation with some of your friends to America. The United States government cannot knock on your hotel room and quarter soldiers in your Holiday Inn. Oh, yeah. Um, the Third Amendment is the one that like I live in D.C. again. And yeah. right now it's just crazy. And so quartering U.S. soldiers is a new hot euphemism for getting it in in the city. <laughs> the city is crawling with with like Colorado guardsmen and like people from Michigan and like people who like people who came to D.C. as a middle schooler and never came again. And now they're protecting the Capitol. Right. So they might come again, but they can't stay the night. Yeah, right. They're like, oh, well, I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Again, those are the perfect storm. Not only did 9-11 happen, but also, you know, fast forward 10 years, 2011, the Occupy Wall Street movement. You remember this, Ryan? I do. Um, OK, so we don't have to talk about it. Totally. He <laughs> well, remembers yeah, we're, the guys. We're fine. Move, hey, move yeah, right just, on. Move right on. Just real quick. Uh, listeners, do you remember the Occupy Wall Street movement? Show of hands. Counting them. One, two, three. Well, that was everybody. It's just listeners right now is just you and I. We are still in pre-production recording. Yep, yep. So, so, so yeah, we don't have to talk about that for our post-production, uh, if you will. <laughs> um, if, if, if we ever, if we ever make it to that point, um, we'll get there. You know, it's a it's the Occupy Wall Street movement. It's a protest movement against economic inequality that began in New York City's Zuccotti Park, which is in the financial district right near Wall Street. There are cases of law enforcement trying and in some cases succeeding in getting protesters to stop recording and and photographing. I think this also has to do with just the explosion of cell phones that have come across. Uh You know, the, the, the current civil rights movement is a direct product of the technology being readily accessible to people of every demographic. The explosion of the BLM movement has been largely driven by bystanders capturing police violence on video and then disseminating it to a massive audience. Like instantly, like like in real time. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. So but I think with I think with all of these things combined with how we thought about 9-11 and, you know, Occupy Wall Street, everyone being an amateur photographer, there is a sense and Americans have long been confused about what free speech means. Right. So this that's nothing new. Um, so why do Americans think like this? I would just the perennial reason is because civics education in this country could be a little bit better. That's that's my take. Like, this is usually the part of the show where your co-host says, oh, wow, that's a really interesting take. Here's mine. But I think you and I are pretty much on the same page. And and let me also add, you know, just because you have a constitutional right to do something doesn't always mean you should do something. And if your best defense is it's literally not illegal to do it, you're an asshole. I'm just going to go ahead and say that right now. Like, if that's your only defense, oh, I can do it. It's like you're the paparazzi and you're a fucking asshole. Leave Lady Gaga alone. I am... Actually going to disagree with you there on a case by case basis in, in, in regards to. So, yeah, I take back what I previously said. Different pages, uh, but only because you're talking about uh, capturing celebrities in the wild, which is something that I would absolutely never do and would never condone doing. Yeah, it's, it's scummy behavior, I think. But if an authority figure like a police officer. Well, that's different. They're an agent of the state. That's different. Yeah. If you are documenting something that is newsworthy and somebody tells you to stop, I think saying that it's not illegal for me to do this 
is a perfectly valid response. Well, so I think we actually are on the same page. What you're talking about is photographing law enforcement or an agent of the state. Was I, What I was talking about is just taking photos or videos of some stranger you don't fucking know. And you said something that's newsworthy. The press has as much right as we all do, but they don't have extra rights. They don't have anything more. So whether it's newsworthy or whether you just find it interesting, that it doesn't matter about what, what you can record in public, I would say. I think, you know, when we're talking about capturing videos and images in the public space, it often brings up questions of, you know, whatever you leave on the ground, is that your property, right? If you just drop something, can someone else pick it up? Which brings us to our big question of the day. Is, are we doing the poop episode again? The... Is it okay to steal somebody's feces? Oh, no. Oh, no. Great. That was a great question, too. That was. A oh, it question. was such a great question. Yeah. It's like, who, let's, talk, who, let's talk about that. Let's talk about yeah. So anyway, yeah, right. Um, <laughs> so here is what is wrecking the Internet. And I, I saw this on Twitter via the account Screen Queens, which is a Twitter account that follows and tracks women and LGBT community in film. They had a posting recently that claims Elizabeth Banks is directing a bear centric thriller movie called Cocaine Bear. First oh, reaction. Wow. First no, reaction from, to Cocaine Bear. Uh, first reaction to Cocaine Bear is that I feel like if my life had gone down a different path, I could have been a Cocaine Bear. I still think you can go down. Be, I think you're, <laughs> you still have your your best Cocaine Bear days are ahead of you. I, I just don't think my Kinsey rating is quite there. Like, I'm so I'm so close to being a Cocaine Bear. I fall a little bit short. If anything, you're a meth mouse. If anything, you're a meth mouse. <laughs> no, no. Uh, I am a. I am a. I am a. I, I can do this. I'm I'm, I'm up pot pelican i am a marijuana mastodon i am a cannabis cat i can do this all day (laughs) oh i'm a i'm a weed owl fuck it's supposed to alliterate i'm a weed weevil a weed a weed weevil a weed weevil come on man how about a weed weasel Weed, 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 weed weasel. Yeah. A weed weasel. I mean, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a ganja. It's an animal that starts with a G. Giraffe. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a ganja giraffe. <laughs> All right. Um, I'm, a, I'm, a, co- I'm a Mary Jane magpie. That was really good. Um, but anyway, cocaine bear. Yeah. Let me just go ahead and say, I looked into this. It is 100% a true story in 1985. Again, the year I was born, uh, a 175 pound bear accidentally uh, consumed over 70 pounds of cocaine. Ryan, how much money do you think 70 pounds of cocaine is in 1985 money? Yeah. Well, Coke was a nickel. So (laughs) a dime bag costs a dime. I remember I was I was I was zero (laughs) years old, but I remember my uncle talking about it. No, (laughs) I remember we used to order our cocaine from the Sears catalog and it came in big burlap sacks, uh, 50 pound sacks. And I believe it was uh, $72. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, but uh, 70 pounds of cocaine in 1985 is worth about $15 million. Oh, is that is that in 1985 currency or is that 1980 now currency? No, 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 no. It's it's, it's, uh, 1985. I'm saying 70 pounds of cocaine now is not is way more than $15 million is way more in today's dollar in today's in today's money. You know, this is just like Apple. You got to get in early. (laughs) If I just invested in 70 pounds of cocaine in 1985, I would be a very, very rich man also in 1985. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like cocaine futures is the market that's about that that has not been tapped yet. Right. So people are going to invest just barrels of or or I guess I don't even know pounds of cocaine. I don't even or not pounds, (laughs) kilos. I don't know. Anyway, so the question remains, how did the bear stumble across 70 pounds of cocaine? 
How do you think? What do you what would you say? Okay, so I've seen videos of bears dancing. I've seen videos of bears on bicycles. I've seen videos of I've seen bears box. I've seen bears wrestle. You can teach bears to do a lot of things. There is no reason to suspect that you cannot convince a bear to carry cocaine across the border. Oh, you think he's a he's, he's a bear mule is what you I, think? Well, I, yeah, it's a, it's a bear mule and his best friend's a coyote. Uh, <laughs> it's just like it's like a Disneyfication of cocaine bear, right? I would watch that Pixar movie now. I, I I straight up would. I straight up would. Wasn't a bear mule. Wasn't that fun? You said you said the bear swallowed the cocaine. No, he ate the cocaine. He ate it. Ate ate the cocaine. Yeah. Okay. He didn't snort it. Didn't snort it. So I mean, right there, I think that actually disproves my theory. Because yeah. typically speaking, when you're acting as a mule for the coyote, it goes in the other end. It goes in your bare ass, not your bare ass. You, <laughs> you have the right to bare ass. <laughs> <laughs> Which just means the government can't stop you from bearing ass. Not that you have protection from other people stopping you from bearing ass. This bear is in Kentucky. So you're kind of on the, on the right track with mule, but not in the okay. way you, th- you, th- you use the wrong formula, but got the right answer. And what happened there is cocaine dropped from the sky, snow falling from the sky in, K- in Kentucky. <laughs> All right. So pristinely, and it was in a duffel bag. He just came up on it and just fucking gorged himself on 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 some yayo, my friend. You said the cocaine literally fell out of the sky. Was it be was it dropped by a cocaine crane? It was dropped by a smuggler, Andrew Carter Thornton II. Also sounds just like a He sounds like somebody in Kentucky dealing drugs. Well, it sounds like a rich ass guy. It just sounds like like this is a privileged dude who went to Vanderbilt or something. No, no, shit, no right? give me that like, name again. Give me that name again. Andrew Carter Thornton II. I mean, if he was if he was like coming from New England, I'd be like, yeah, high class. He's but actually the the son of a wealthy elite Kentucky horse breeding family. I'll have you know. Oh, and well, noted cocaine smuggler. <laughs> all right. Well, I mean, I could I could buy that. I should say before we start having too much fun about this guy, he did die. He was having mechanical issues. He dumped cocaine and parachuted down to the ground. He hit his head on the way down. Parachute didn't open in time. That's the that's the end of the story of, of, of Andrew Carter Thornton, the second, I should say. So the bear wasn't the only casualty. So in other words, there was a hungry bear wandering the woods. You got a duffel bag of cocaine falls here. And then you've got Andrew Carter Thornton, the second fall over here. Bears stuck between it. No, <laughs> there's like a dog food commercial from the 90s. That's so funny. Like, what's the bear going to eat? <laughs> well, uh, I no, I don't think it was like it wasn't like that because the I'm not sure what the elevation was, but like there was cocaine littered all the way from like the Tennessee Georgia border to Kentucky, right? So like it was it, he he was he didn't he didn't put out all at once. And there, okay, so it was like a cocaine snack trail leading to the <laughs> leading to a dead body. Yeah, it was like a um, yeah, it was just le- leaving a tra- leaving a trail home, right? It's just like Hansel and Gretel, <laughs> right? Hansel and Gretel go, go go to a frat house is the the is the. <laughs> I just like I just I, I just imagine like they're they're trying to like this guy went missing. We're trying to find him. We need somebody to lead us to the body. And instead of like they 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 send the they send all the animal rescue teams home. Bloodhounds send them away. We don't need them anymore. And then they just bring in Keith Richards. <laughs> Boom down the body. <laughs> this bear again, 175 pound black bear. He ended up dying. And I have notes here from the doctor who did the. Autopsy, or I guess it's a necropsy. When somebody dies of a cocaine overdose, typically speaking, it's the county coroner 
who will provide the report or somebody right. from the coroner's office. Uh, does the coroner's office have a veterinarian? It was performed by a medical examiner. So I, I believe medical examiners are medical doctors, but they call it a necropsy. This doctor said, quote, its stomach was literally packed to the brim with cocaine. There isn't a mammal on the planet that could survive that, uh, even though I think Keith Richards, there's an argument to be made. There. <laughs> He said this animal had cerebral hemorrhaging, respiratory failure, hypothermia, kidney failure, heart failure, stroke, you name it, that bear had it. So he probably like had a crazy rush and then died an agonizing, terrible death. But the story doesn't end there. You think that's why pandas are going extinct? They're just black bears full of China white? (laughs) Yeah, I feel like, um, yeah, God. Uh, I'm really, I'm really working hard to work. Help, help me, help me workshop that joke because it's there. It's there. It's a black bear full of China white. Well, I think China white was not cocaine. Oh, is that heroin? I recently read a book about fentanyl, and there was actually fentanyl in China white in back in the day on the streets up in New York. It's a smorgasbord of drugs that can kill you, from what I understand. Wouldn't I be surprised if cocaine is in there? But it's also, you know, methy, anything that can kill you. But. Rollingstone.com. Speaking of Rolling Stones, Rollingstone.com has an article titled China White. What you need to know about heroin like drug heroin like it's okay. a, it's methyl fentanyl. That's right. Fentanyl fentanyl. Yeah. yeah, it's an analog of fentanyl, which I think is science talk for it'll get you fucked up. Yeah, I f- don't yeah. do fentanyl. Oh, I'm so glad I got that right. I can't like uh, my mom's going to be proud. My mom's going to be super proud of me. <laughs> She's like, my son. <laughs> my son my knows son. about China White. What does your son do? Uh, my son's a fucking rocket scientist. You dumb. <laughs> like, <laughs> my son, my son, the not a doctor. <laughs> yeah, right. He's not a doctor, but he can point. He can pick out a drug nickname in a lineup. Um, no, so but the bear story, he died, sadly, in 1985, shortly after ingesting 70 pounds of cocaine. But the story doesn't end there. Are you ready for this? Waylon Je- Jennings. Waylon Jennings purchased the stuffed bear of cocaine bear, right? The coke bear was sold to Waylon Jennings, who was a, a notable taxidermy collector, I should add. I'm, I'm reasonably certain based on previous episodes that we've recorded that I guess now have to be aired before this one. Mm, did a little singing through his nose. Oh, uh, yeah, he, uh, yeah, w- w- yeah. All, he, those, he, all those outlaw country guys in the 60s and 70s, they were just blowing coke out there, uh, up, up, up their noses. Uh, you, can you, you know, you do blow, you do blow, you, but suck, you snort it, you know, you, 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 you suck the blow. <laughs> no, so Waylon Jennings uh, maintains a relationship with pawn shops around the country because, of course, he fucking does. And he actually told police that the particular pawn shop uh, that sold him the cocaine bear, uh, a guy he has done business with in the past, by the way, he said that the, the, the bear came to him. He told him this this coke addled story about Andrew Thornton, the uh, second in great detail. Um, but the bear is not under Waylon Jennings uh, care anymore. Where guess where where do you think this cocaine bear is? Where can you go and the public? Anyone else can go uh, find the coke bear. Uh, shoot, Shooter Jennings' house? Yeah, he's I'm, a, I'm sure. I'm Shooter sure. McGavin's is, is, is house. It is it Dolly World? Oh, man. I, no, that's actually way better Dollywood? than the Is it Dollywood or Dolly World? So the, Dollywood. Uh, Dolly World. It's Bollywood and Dolly World. Okay. Or no, is it Dollywood? No, it's, it's Dollywood, I think. Okay, it is Dollywood. It is Dollywood. Go- it is Dollywood. Okay. It is Dollywood. Um, no, it's not, it's not at Dollywood, but it's at the uh, Kentucky for Kentucky Fun Mall in Lexington, Kentucky. <laughs> Dead serious. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the cocaine bear is in a mall, right? Yep. 
is it being presented as the Kentucky cocaine bear or is it there is just like a random bear? I, I hope it has a placard explaining what the fuck this is, right? I hope she's like, mommy, what's that? Nothing. Go pick out some rocks in the gift shop, right? <laughs> like, uh, like it's in one of those natural displays at the at the Bass Pro Shop, and there's a couple like taxidermy bears. There's a taxidermy eagle swooping down, and then there's just one bear at the door of the cave next to a table with a hundred dollar bill rolled up. <laughs> is it's a going to it's, town? It's, oh man, yeah, it's so sad. It's, it's like, oh, that's very sad. Don't ever do drugs, kids. Look at this bear. Look at this bear. <laughs> Yeah, so um, visiting Coke Bear at the Kentucky for Kentucky Mall in Lexington, Kentucky is now on my bucket list, and I can't wait to go see it. But who would you like to see cast as Cocaine Bear? Remember, Elizabeth Banks is going to direct it. Oh, God. Uh, Zach Galifianakis. I think that's a, yeah, honestly, I didn't even have to think about that. Yeah, um, I think he is a cocaine bear. Like it's not he's already doing the method version of the method acting. He's like just becoming a cocaine bear. Like, I thought that was going to be a hard question as soon as you asked it. And then my brain just said, no, it's Zach Galifianakis. He's from he's from North Carolina, so he can affect a a, a convincing southern drawl. And he's a uh, built like a big old hairy bear. He's got that Hollywood sex symbol it factor that you look for in a cocaine bear. I actually think the world is ready for a female cocaine bear. So I think Melissa McCarthy would kill it. I think she'd be hilarious. Oh, my God. Yes. Yeah. Yes, she yeah. would. Yeah. Now, should we should we cast based on obviously, you know, the the joke there that we made earlier about being a cocaine bear? Do you think we're hetero washing this? If, if we cast Zach Galifianakis, I think the gender bending aspect of it works, too. But I mean, even in if you go to a drag show. Uh, there's a lot of uh, straight white women there. I, I, I once went to a Britney Spears drag brunch. And let me just tell you, every drunk sorority girl in Washington, D.C. was at this brunch just screaming at the top of their lungs. And it was actually a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun. I fucking love drag shows. So Cocaine Bear, look for it on the big screen. Since we're talking about uh, substances, uh, I, I actually I wanted to I know up until now we've been doing these Reddit questions and we draw a lot from no stupid questions. But there is another uh, subreddit that I'm really into, and it's called Explain It Like I'm Five. On Explain It Like I'm Five, user Shasti asks, why does a beer overflow when someone hits the top of a beer with the bottom of theirs? Ooh, uh, great question. Um, it is. I feel like, was his name Shasti? Is that you said Shasti? Sh- Shasti. Shasti. Uh, Shasti. Or Shasti. Shastai or Shasti should have paid attention in science class in the fifth grade because I think they kind of went over this. Not with beer. Beer beer was not the example they used. They're like, if you're if you're at a rager. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And you're and a drunk guy with a mullet comes up and he hands you a Bud Light and then he takes his Bud Light and slams it on the top. What's going to happen? I feel like, man, only uh, someone's going to jail that night is what's going to happen next. So what do you what do you think the science is here since uh, since you since you piped in Bill Nye, the drunk guy over here? No, I think <laughs> um, I just think, you know, it's so it's carbonated, right? Right. And I just think I think if you slam air or anything in there, it kind of just makes the bubbles all fucking crazy and they have to it kind of makes them all nuts and they got to just let it out somehow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the uh, yeah, that's that's pretty that's that's pretty close. There's actually a little bit of fluid dynamics going on inside of the bottle. Oh, good. I was hoping we'd talk about this today. <laughs> <laughs> I want to give full credit to uh, Torak McLaren, another uh, user on Explain It Like I'm Five. 
They did answer this very well, explaining the science. I'm going to be repeating some of the stuff that's already in the thread, but I wanted to provide a little bit of context because I spent a number of years working in the beer industry and I've actually... I've carbonated beers for commercial purposes. Uh, and I am a beer enthusiast, but just on the consumer side. But, I, you know, between the two of us, we, we know a little bit about beer. For example, we know not to start drinking beer while recording until we start our second episode of the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, so as, as you uh, alluded to, uh, carbonation actually occurs naturally during the fermentation process. CO2 is one of the byproducts of yeast consuming carbohydrates and expelling alcohol. Alcohol. So they expel alcohol, CO2. It's yeast shit. Yeah. Alcohol is yeast shit. It's yeast poop. So normally in an open air fermentation setting, that CO2 is going to be released into the atmosphere. When that fermentation occurs inside of a sealed vessel, an airtight vessel, that CO2 doesn't have anywhere to go. So carbonation occurs naturally during the fermentation process. However, most of your beers are going to be further carbonated after the initial fermentation, and that's accomplished a couple different ways. Uh, Typically speaking, in a commercial environment, what you're going to do is you're going to trap the beer in a bright tank and you're going to force CO2 into the beer. And each beer style has its own ideal level of carbonation. That's referred to in the brewing community as volumes of CO2. So a volume of CO2 is basically how much CO2 at normal pressure is going to be dissolved into the beer in order to achieve the ideal carbonation fizziness. The, the, the suds, if you will. Right, right. So that's that's why when you go to, say, a traditional English brewery, you're going to find fairly low carbonation beers because traditionally when you brewed English ales, they were, you know, they were stored in barrels. Uh, you know, they used wooden fermentation vessels, which aren't necessarily going to trap gases as efficiently, especially when it's on, especially when that pressure starts to build up. Uh, but then it's going to be warm, too, if you're in England. A lot of beers cellar, cellar temperature. Your typical English beers, you know, your your stouts and porters are going to be between 1.5 and 2.2 volume CO2 lagers. I, and I, mo- I love that we're giving people this information. They're like, oh, gr- thank God I got a, I got a beer test later. Thank God I'm listening <laughs> to this. <laughs> oh, man, I got a physics test later. These guys are going to kill it. You know, right. And then like so most of your lagers, ales, uh, most of your lagers and ales, you know, your typical drinking beer are going to be between 2.2 and 2.6 volume CO2. And then you also have, uh, there's there's some beer styles like wheat beers, lambics, etc., that are going to have even higher uh, 2.6 to 4, uh, 4 volume CO2, depending on the style and depending on how they're carbonating. Sometimes carbonation takes place in the bottle. Typically with commercial brewing, it takes place in a big tank. Question brings to mind people at like a frat party. Like this is something that happens when people are fucking around. Yeah, and they're try- and they're trying to find out. Now you've been fucking around. Let's find out the science. <laughs> <laughs> so what's actually happening here is it's a, it's a little bit more complicated than simple turbulence releasing CO2, which simple turbulence does release CO2. But the reason why you get all this foaming over the top of the bottle is uh, when it's actually inertia. So what mm, happens is okay. when you hit the top of the bottle, the bottle goes down. Yeah, but the beer stays where it's at. I knew it was going to be something like that. It's like when you're driving in a car and you lean, you're at, your body's trying to maintain a straight line, even though you're, you're driving. It's, it's like there's some weird science shit like that. Yeah. So what happens is the beer stays where it's at and that creates a vacuum underneath the beer temporarily. It just snaps like a rubber band. Right. So the CO2 basically gets sucked out of the beer and pulled into that vacuum. And then as it tries to escape the bottle, 
it, it's forming bubbles. And those bubbles are... They got to go somewhere. Right. It's viscous enough to hold a bubble. And beer foam is about four times the volume of beer. So what you end up with is all these little beer bubbles forming. And there's more beer foam than the bottle could contain. And then the bottle overflows. It's a beer volcano, essentially. It's a beer volcano. Yeah, it's an instant beer volcano. So I'd actually be kind of curious because this isn't the sort of thing that happens when you're partying with lambics. <laughs> or when you're or when you're partying with people that are older than 24 I would imagine. <laughs> I would I would hope if somebody did that to me, I would be like, what the fuck, dude? I'm like, you're you're totally harshing my mellow, bro. This is a crime of passion. <laughs> it's right up there with like with like smearing off icing someone. It's like, oh, you, g- you gave you a smearing off ice and now you got to chug it. OK, well, thanks for the free drink, Brian. You know, <laughs> thanks, Chad. You just you just paid for a free drink of mine. I'll, I'll take it. You know, yeah, this you is get, a you got, uh, me. you got me. This is a crime of passion typically carried out in the mullet community. It's <laughs> <laughs> people wearing pop collars. <laughs> I feel like if you're drinking beer around and someone has a pop collar, first of all, it's either 2012 or you're about to get your beer slammed. Yeah, basically, if you're if you're partying with douchebags, you get what you get. Caveat M tour. That's what I say. Yeah. But I think that's probably a good place to wind things down for the day. Yeah. So I wanted to take a moment to thank Rick Reynolds for the use of his song United from his album Portals in Progress, available on iTunes, Spotify, and Amazon. And if you think we got it wrong and you want us to tell you why you're wrong, email us at wreckyourpod at gmail.com or also wreckyourpod on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. If I'm the one that answers the email, then I'm going to be super apologetic about telling you that you're wrong. And if I answer your email, well, I might not answer it. If I read your email, I'll I'll just make that call. uh, You'll just say, fuck that guy. Yeah. I was right. Yeah, exactly. I didn't come here to learn new things. This is my podcast. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, if I wanted, if I wanted to learn new things, I would listen to someone else's. Oh man, that's a really good idea. What, why are we wasting our time? Well, let's end it now. I, I am more than happy to do that. As your trusted advisors on the internet, we appreciate you taking the time to hear us out. But if you need to make a decision or assess the quality of some information that you come across online between now and when next we meet, we encourage you to. Check yourself. Don't wreck yourself. We are united, but we're so far apart. And it won't change till we change. We are, but we won't. Oh.